As a child, one of my favorite board games was Shoots and Ladders. It was published by Milton Bradley in 1943. It was a modern version of the much more ancient Indian board game Snakes and Ladders. The game's objective is to move your game token through the 100 tiles, arranged as a 10 by 10 grid, by rolling dice and advancing according to the number rolled. Your mission is helped and hindered by the ladders and chutes that litter the game board. The ladders push you forward, skipping over any number of tiles and closer to tile 100. And the chutes send you plummeting to a spot much closer to tile 1 than when your turn began. The game is marked by ups and downs, downs and ups. One moment you're screaming in exultation after leaping past a dozen tiles, and the next you're screaming in frustration after seeing 20 tiles of slow and steady progress erased by one ill-fated roll. Up and down, up and down. Has your Christian journey been marked by a series of ups and downs? Feeling high and elated one moment, and low and frustrated the next. In just a few days, over 100 students will hop onto buses and journey to Pine Valley for our annual youth summer camp. A good number of them will come back, having encountered God and feeling good about their spiritual condition. They'll be motivated and pumped up. It's a ladder. But how long before each of them will come across a chute and find themselves right back where they started? Is this what the Christian life really is? A series of ladders and shoots? Or is there a better way to see things? A better approach to spiritual growth? Welcome to the sixth episode of Breadcrumbs, our youth ministry podcast at Bread of Life Church. I'm Jason Lowe, the youth minister at Bread of Life. This episode takes us into the experiences of some of our own high school fellowship students in hopes of pulling the curtain back on the phenomenon we often call spiritual highs. I sat down with three of our high school students who know a thing or two about the elation of spiritual highs and the frustration of the lows. Josh, a recent high school graduate, Caleb, a senior, and Ava, a sophomore, all three of whom have grown up in Christian families and have spent a lot of time going to church. We begin with Josh sharing about a recent mission trip to Mexico. It leads me to uh, the Mexico mission I went to um, this earlier this year, and um, there's kind of this indescribable feeling when you you finally feel the presence of either God or the Holy Spirit among a group of people, right? It's, it's like this warm feeling that you feel safe, you feel like nothing can hurt you. Um, mm. And it's so powerful, like I can't, it's kind of indescribable, you can't put it into words. Um, and during that mission trip, like just having that mindset, that intent of serving God and actually like not for self, not for your, like your own image, but just being present and like during worship time, just really not caring about what other people like, what they're, how you sound or like, you know, how you yeah. look when you're worshiping. 
just like closing your eyes and being with God, like that spiritual high is so much greater than I could have like imagined. It almost sounds like Josh is waking up. An emotional, enlightening encounter with God where it feels as if he's meeting God for the first time. What about Caleb? Like, I grew up in the church, but there was just being like a Pharisee and doing like all these things, going, doing all the church things, memorizing verses, praying, going to VBS, but there was no like actual like relationship with God and actually knowing Him, just knowing Him um, truly. And so I, I, I encountered God like two years ago in Mexico. And even though I had heard the gospel so many times, I, I really feel that God in His grace just opened my eyes and just helped me know Him and just really encounter Him. And so, yeah, and then after that, just my faith just changed and everything changed. And everything that was just like head knowledge in the beginning became true. And it was just that like God was so real. And yeah, so yeah, uh, I grew up in the church, but met God only just recently, like a few years ago, but it's been amazing. God in His grace opened my eyes. Opened my eyes. It's another story of waking up. God was so real, Caleb said. It's like he was meeting him for the first time. You know, in elementary school, I, I can barely remember, but one thing I knew is like, God was too complicated for me to comprehend. Mm. I think mm. YSC, I spent, you know, a week, like, just on this very, I would say difficult, but like just huge subject. Mm-hmm. And I I was just so overwhelmed with like all these emotions, like God, like this, you know, amazing person who made everything would love like this, you know, tiny insignificant dot. And there's like billions of me. Like you're the dot. I, yeah, I am the dot. This <laughs> tiny dot. And I don't even know how he noticed me. And it's just crazy to think how this person would die for you. And I learned, I had emotions like this throughout YSC. I was so like, just, it was crazy for me. I had so much emotion. I was so, is. It, it sounds like the memory's still pretty vivid. Yeah, it is vivid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back from it and I was I felt completely moved I I was acting different towards my parents like my friends my peers I I came into um, I was in middle school and I was acting like I was trying to even though it was very intimidating for me, I, I felt like I God put me on earth for a reason I need to be like sharing this with people. And I was I felt like the spiritual high it like it came back with me mm. but I remember trying to t- kinda of talk to people about it and I was probably too strong about it because I don't and I don't think I knew how to approach people who don't know God. But when I did, I remember not getting the response that I wanted, Mm. and I felt discouraged about it. Mm -hmm. Again, an emotional experience that came with a realization that God loves her. 
The reflections of the three students tell us that a relationship with God is not merely an intellectual exercise or experience. All three of them pointed to distinct moments of emotional awareness about who God is, or God's love, or the truth of the gospel. Which leads to the key question, what are these experiences? You see, I think what we're tempted to do is to see these experiences like a ladder, vaulting us up the board from tile 10 to tile 54, and that much closer to tile 100 and victory, a place of spiritual wholeness where God is always so close that I can touch him. So you can see why it would be so discouraging to slide back to where I'm not even sure he can hear my prayers, even if I shout out loud. Uh, but then when I came back, like, I had this so much energy, like, for, I, I think, about a week. Uh, on the bus back, I remember um, our, like, youth leaders uh, were talking about, like, how can we prevent spiritual high burnout, right? Like, how do we keep this going throughout, like, not just so that it's not, not one instance, right? Um, and then we came up with all these solutions that we could implement to our lives, like having stronger accountability groups or like doing X, Y, Z, right? And then that's going to help you stay on track. But then like a week later, I, I felt that urgency to follow Jesus like slowly fade away. And I was going back to old habits. I wasn't reading the Bible. I kind of felt listless and like without any direction right so with spiritual highs comes spiritual lows there is such a great disparity between that feeling of with like you're with god and then the feeling of normality when you return to your life right so it's kind of hard to combat i guess in my i still struggle with it like to combat that sense of redundancy in your own life right like you don't feel god every day because you're just surrounded by I guess the mundane, the mundane, the comforts of life, like just that schedule you have every day that you wake up and either go to work or like go help do, do whatever chores you have to do and you just forget. Josh says that the urgency for him fades and that he notices a big disparity between the feeling of being with God and the feeling of normal life up and then down. Do you have days where you kind of feel like the fire is out and, and efforts to rekindle it are, aren't, aren't fruitful? Yeah, for sure. Sometimes, like, it, it feels really hard. And, like, I know that feeling where it's just like, oh, I'm just waiting for this mission trip. Or I'm just waiting for this YSC to just, like, fix everything. Have you also, like Caleb, looked toward future retreats to rekindle the fire? I know I have. And when this keeps happening, what effect does it produce? Do, do you have this sense of like cynicism having gone up and then kind of come down? Uh, like a sense of, like, I don't really know what to do. Like, you know, you can go and try and go on another mission trip or go to another YSC. But that cycle of spiritual high and then low, <clears throat> have you felt it produce like a sense of, cynicism or like jadedness about your spiritual walk uh, i would feel i would feel very guilty when it ended mm. Cause, well, why guilty because um 
from like YSC and just in general missions and things like that. Um, it is meant for you to be closer with God, but I I never like the idea, like the reality of how um, it is. It can be turned into like a cycle of balancing, like really being into God and really just feeling His presence to like getting caught up in school or work or whatever people go through, and it's it, like it just gradually goes away. I never liked that idea. I always was trying to find like a middle ground of like just maybe it wouldn't be as emotional as how you just get like straight out of YC like wow like Jesus is changing me like that emotion is great but like sometimes it's like not as sustainable as um I want it to be I was always trying to find a way to just be in love with Jesus without trying to be Mm -hmm. just like naturally loving God so Ava says that she feels guilty she hates getting caught up in the cycle Sounds a little bit like shoots and ladders, doesn't it? But what if we're not playing spiritual shoots and ladders? So I'm sitting here with a really familiar uh, guest for our podcast, my wife, Abby. Thanks for being on. Sure. It was a little more than 14 years ago, 2005, when, when we got married. Sometimes it seems like it was ages ago. But it was about two and a half years before that that we started dating. Yeah. So we're now, you know, almost 17 years into our relationship. And a lot's happened since the beginning. That is true. And so I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the difference between what those first, you know, one or two years were like uh, to to the present, you know, after after seventeen or so years, like how how have things changed in terms of the the nature of our relationship? Yeah, I mean, we as individuals have definitely changed from. I mean, back then we were just college students, but I think a lot of what characterized our dating relationship, um, I just remember a lot of like giddy feelings. Um, there was just a lot that just felt super exciting. Everything, everything was great. Like I just, you just have this like feeling of like, everything is wonderful because you know, the guy that you like, likes you back and you have that confirmed and now you're moving forward to, um, deepen your relationship. And like, I know our first official date was to a baseball game and I don't even like baseball, but everything about that date, I just. I don't remember exactly what happened in the game, but I just remember that terrible things could have happened at the game and I still would have enjoyed myself because everything was just so exciting. Uh, I was just really excited to be there with you and um, to know that this relationship was moving forward after having like liked you for a while. Well, I remember we had pretty good seats <laughs> that you bought of course for you us. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't remember the game at all. But I think even like... That year, I remember we, you know, we were long distance because you were still at UCLA and I was at Cal and we had all these like grand plans. Like, you know, we would um, talk on the phone once a week. We had a weekly phone date because, you know, we didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. And so it would have to be like 
you know, we'd have to set a certain time and we were like, oh, let's like study a book together. I remember we did a book study. I don't even know if we finished the book, but <laughs> like everything was, we just wanted, we wanted things to be like sort of like the ideal of what we thought a good and godly relationship should be. So like we wrote each other letters, I remember, and I don't remember the last time you wrote me a letter <laughs> now, but um, yeah. back then you wrote me a lot of letters. Like, And when sometimes you... when I read those letters, I, I don't even know who was writing those letters. I don't actually recognize him either. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, like you'd be away and you'd write me a letter a day. Like that was, that's like unheard of now. Um, people wouldn't recognize you. Yeah, that was an unsustainable pace. Um, that was really unsustainable. But yeah, I just, those those couple years of dating just felt really like, it sounds like cliche, but it felt, it felt magical. Like, because everything was exciting. Everything, like, I just had gushy feelings all the time. Like, these feelings of affection for you all the time. And I just thought, that's how it's going to be from now on. Like, I will just always feel these gushy, affectionate feelings for you. For the record, 17 years ago, I felt the same way she did. The high of the beginning was an excitement that I've rarely experienced in my life. But wait a second. If we step back and overlay Abby's story on top of the story of any of the students, don't we see some curious similarities between the early part of my relationship with Abby and the spiritual highs that Josh and Caleb and Ava described? A sense of wonder a feeling of excitement, the thrill of something new. You can probably see where this is going. Nothing is new forever. You know, I, I think now, 14, almost 14 years later, that's when I look at back at that time, like it was really exciting, but it was also um, a little naive because having these warm, affectionate feelings for you all the time it's just not sustainable when you're day to day, like, you know, when you're taking out the garbage or I'm doing like the dishes for the millionth time, like it's really hard to have those gushy, affectionate feelings for you. Well, so now that those feelings have, are, are, are different, yeah. how would you describe them now? The, the affection or uh, the nature of the relationship? Yeah. Um, I think the affection is, I think what it honestly feels like, it just feels more like, um, like a foundation. Like, um, it's not these like bursts of affection, but it's just this like steady thrum in our relationship that I always know that I love you. There are times when I'm upset at you or annoyed at you. And there are times that I don't feel particularly affectionate, but I also know that there's this I don't even know how to describe it, like this thread that like kind of ties our family, ties us together um, because, you know, we made those commitments and because we have been through so much together. Agreed. And it's not new and exciting, but it is deeper and more satisfying. Not that I don't ever feel those same gushy affectionate feelings, but it's different because then it was kind of the novelty of it. Mm. Um, But now it's more like, um, because I know you. So like, I, I guess an, an example would be last year when you tried to, uh, surprise me with a birthday present oh, yeah. to go to the Save by the Bell pop-up restaurant, hmm. um, which was, um, I was like so floored because, um, 
well, if you know Jason at all, he does not. He's not. A, he doesn't plan things like this. He doesn't plan surprises or parties because it's not his thing. Um, he doesn't do like big romantic gestures. Um, but when you did that, and when you told me what you had done, I was just blown away because because I know you. Like I know that that's not something that comes naturally to you. That you really had to like put a lot of effort into doing it. Not only like to think of it because it just doesn't occur to you, uh, but to also then like execute it um, and to gather help from friends that could help you execute it. And I think that's different than the gushy feelings that, you know, we had when we were dating or even when we were first married because... Wait, so you don't want to tell them how that... Just talk about how that story <laughs> ended? I didn't, say, I didn't say it ended well. <laughs> I just... I was blown away by the gesture. Uh, we did not go because he scheduled it and then we had to go to a wedding that day and so he rescheduled it and then... The, the pop-up closed down <laughs> so that we couldn't go at all but it was the thought that counted and I did appreciate I did appreciate that and yeah. I do remember feeling like this rush of affection when you told me but it it feels like this these rushes of affection that I feel for you are, are are deeper than these those sparks that we had at the beginning so it sounds the same and yet different deeper more mature there's just this sense of this connection that's really deep because, um, deep and abiding because of what we've gone through together, the faithfulness that you have already demonstrated and the faithfulness I know I can trust in, um, in the future. Um, like I know that I can count on all that because we've had this history because we've, because we know each other so much better now than we did 14 years ago. So that's not to say that I don't have these like, um, you know, giddy feelings with you. It's just different because um, it comes from knowing and loving someone for a long time and going through things together. I feel the same way. And I think Christians who have been walking closely with Jesus for a long time would see the parallel between a marriage that's decades in and their decades old relationship with Jesus. There are still those thrilling moments, the surprising flood of affection that show up after many years when God reminds me of his love for me. But those moments, while they resemble the ones from the beginning, they're better because they're coming from a relationship that has endured ups and downs. I now know God in ways that I didn't before. I think it's also important to say something about how challenging a relationship with God is in normal life. Josh felt the normalcy of life encroaching on his longing to be with and to know God. Caleb felt the longing for extraordinary experiences to rescue him from regular life. Ava felt anxious thoughts of what others thought of her creeping in. And I think such struggles reflect a few things. I think they reflect a wonderful awareness that God is there and that to be with him, close to him, is indeed wonderful. But they also reflect the effect of being sinful people living in a sinful world. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. The second seed falls on the rocky path, and it only has shallow roots. So though it begins joyfully, it's not able to endure the hardships. The third seed falls amongst thorns, and those thorns are worries of the world and the idol of money. And they choke out the plant or the faith that sprouted. 
We need to understand that the highs of an encounter with Jesus do not insulate us from the reach of our own sin and the reach of the sinful world around us. The effect is real. And such effects will impair the closeness of a marriage, and so it also impairs the closeness of our relationship with Jesus. Nonetheless, we don't find ourselves in a perpetual game of spiritual shoots and ladders. No, it's a growing relationship that offers much more than the spiritual high that we often remember so vividly. I think Caleb's take-home message from his recent mission trip is a powerful truth to hang on to. How has the the recent like you've been back for how long now like I like two weeks two weeks almost two weeks, how, how yeah. have those two weeks felt for you it's it's actually been really interesting I definitely like miss like Southeast Asia but I think for that God's just been revealing just like how real of a God he is not just in Mexico because I do missions in Mexico and not just in Pine Valley but he's the same God in Torrance and, and just as he like can bless us in Pine Valley or at YSC, he can like just as easily bless us in Torrance. Even though it like just seems like so normal, like there's God's still like so beautiful. And, yeah, and something like in Southeast Asia, like I didn't like get as spiritually high as like some of my other mission trips. But I feel like something that God just really helped restore to me was just a heart of wonder. Mm. And just being like in awe of God. And just being like like a child like, God's, like, the Father, and just, he's just showing all this stuff, and I'm just like, wow, like, wow, yeah. like, Dad, you're so cool, right, you right. know? I I don't know, I found, like, that it's really helpful, that when we are in awe of God, then, then there's so much, and, like, he helps open our eyes to things. But, yeah, it's definitely been hard. Okay. It's definitely been hard. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Agreed, Caleb. Let's not lie. It is hard. And as we finish up, I want to leave you with a few practical takeaways. First, it's hard to be alone. Something that Caleb talked about in our conversation was the hardship of being or feeling alone in your relationship with God. God gives us other Christians around us to help us to walk, especially in the normal, normal times of life. Second is that God is always there. And so the question we need to ask is, are we mindful of him? Are we aware of his presence? Are we looking for him? Because when we aren't mindful, we rob ourselves of an opportunity to deepen our relationship, to see how faithful he is and to experience his grace. Third, it's not linear, our relationship with God. So when God feels distant, it's not because he's far away or because we've slid back down, but because there's something between us as it is as it would be in a marriage or a friendship. And then finally, I encourage you all to keep seeking. Seek seek God, chase after Jesus, and not the spiritual highs and those feelings, but chase after Jesus himself and keep on going. And I think you'll find what your heart is really looking for. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breadcrumbs. We'll see you next month.